WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. Brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma and by Ace of Lacrosse Sportsland in the Shelby Mall on the south side of Lacrosse. It is 835 and not bad out there today. We'll uh, enjoy some beautiful weather. Uh, warmer temperatures anyway, let's call it that anyhow. And Unless you really like gray, dreary-looking days, then, well, okay, that if that's your thing, but okay. Uh, <laughs> we will enjoy uh, enjoy the warmer temperatures for mid-January here. I'm, uh, I'm still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop here, and or maybe boot might be more appropriate this time of year, but, you know, nothing... Uh, I'm not every day we have a day like this is just what we're one steps closer to spring and and so I'm 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 okay with I'm okay with that. So anyway, uh, what I wanted to kind of touch on today is just you know I talked a lot about you know ice fishing and things like that and just it, it it's something that uh, uh I you know one of the one of my other you know besides an enjoyment of, of fishing in the outdoors is uh is, uh, you know, I'm a history guy, uh, and it, it's always kind of cool to look back on, um, on things where things started and, and things originated and, um, you know, fishing is, is kind of no different. I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're looking at, uh, you know, obviously, you know, fishing goes back as, you know, nearly as far as the fish themselves. Um, and, and certainly, you know, you can get all biblical on that and, and, Talking about fishers or fishermen and fishing and um, but as far as you know, like the fishing kind of that we know about it anyway, it, it dates back to to uh, you know obviously ancient times when you know people had to fish for food and um, in, instead of obviously the line and, and the wire hooks that we have now, the all, all that high tech jazz, you know, back then they you know. People were using, you know, lengths of vine for line, and pieces of bone were used for hooks. Um, that, that's, I, 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 it's like, how did you even catch anything back then? But anyhow, um, but in, in, if you look back anyway, the oldest known painting of an angler using a, a rod or a staff comes from Egypt, and it dates to about 2000 BC. Um, I'm like, wow, that's, uh, that's cool. Um, I wonder if they got skunked just, uh, like, you know, I, I do on a frequent basis, but anyhow, uh, Greek philosophers, Plato and Aristotle, uh, mentioned angling in their writings, uh, and another Greek writer, uh, Plutarch, uh, gave tips about fishing lines as well. Uh, you, you generally don't hear a lot. You, they, they talked about other things as well, but they did talk about fishing. So, and that's cool. In the second and third centuries, uh, AD, uh, Roman, uh, uh, rhetorician, uh, no, rhetoric, anyway, the guy who invented rhetoric. Uh, Claudius Aelian uh, wrote about uh, Macedonian trout anglers using artificial flies as lures, even back then. So, uh, and of course, certainly, you know, uh, the uh, the methods and uh, tackle used for fishing has evolved over the centuries. Uh, not so much, uh, back, back then, obviously there's been a, a huge change in the last, you know, even 50 or a hundred years, but, uh, we're going to back up just a little bit further here. Really not until, you know, things didn't change an awful lot from ancient times uh, and, uh, not so much until the, the late 15th century did, did 
sport fishing, as it's now really kind of known as, uh, really began. Uh, in 1496, a book called uh, A Treatise of Fishing, and I'm not going to give you the spelling, but it doesn't sound, you know, uh, uh, fishing is F-Y-S-S-H-Y-N-G-E. So they, you know, <laughs> wow. Uh, lots of extra consonants and vowels and things that, like, we don't use anymore. Um, gave specific details for the uh, for the first time in English about the use of a fishing rod. Uh, written by Dame Juliana Berners, uh, the prioress of an abbey near uh, St. Albans, England. Uh, the book describes the construction of hooks and rods for angling. Uh, the manuscript also describes how to tie knots in fishing lines and how to make use of uh, artificial lures and flies to take advantage of the feeding habits of game fish. Um, and, you know, what she wrote down and put in, in, in the book anyway were really the basis of, of angling knowledge in England for about uh, 150 years. Uh, in uh, 18, or I'm sorry, 1653, uh, English angler Isaac Walton um, published The Complete Angler, uh, or The uh, Contemplative Man's Recreation. And really, if you think about it, uh, for you know, hundreds of years, uh, a couple of hundred years anyway, it's, it really is the most single, or it really is the single most influential book ever published about sport fishing. Um, in The Complete Angler, uh, Walton addresses the art of constructing tackle, the science of, of basic aquatic biology, and the philosophy of recreational angling. Uh, you know, based on a lifetime of observations, uh, his book describes the, the craftsmanship in, in making fishing tackle and, you know, ponders the methods anglers must use to catch game fish. Uh, he also gives detailed accounts of feeding habits and the lifestyles of different species. Uh, so uh, there's, there's some biology in there as well, uh, sneaking some science in there. Um, he also believed that, that the true angler is one who fishes for the love of fishing and that by catching fish, or that catching fish by sporting means uh, is far superior to other methods of fishing. You know, nets and I'm guessing things along those lines. Um, but they, you know, they, they've got their purpose as well. Don't get me wrong, but, and there's something about a, a solitary angler doing his thing. And yeah, that's cool. Uh, rods, obviously, the technology has changed immensely over the, the centuries here. Um, Rods were improved as, you know, heavy native woods were superseded by, uh, you know, straight grain, tough, elastic woods such as uh, lancewood and greenheart from South America and the West Indies. And, of course, as we all know, uh, by bamboo. Um, who had, Well, maybe not these days anyway, but, yeah, as a kid, that's, you know, we, we had bamboo rods. You can still buy them in, in stores as well. Um, and by the end of the 18th century, a technique had been developed in which uh, uh, several strips of bamboo were glued together, uh, retaining the, the strength and, and pliancy of the cane, but uh, greatly reducing uh, the thickness. Um, kind of between, you know, right after the Civil War, between 1865 and 70, uh, complete hexagonal rods uh, made by laminating six triangular strips of bamboo uh, were being produced on, on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, and if you've ever watched it, it's fascinating to watch. It really is. It's, it's you know, you watch, I, I uh, several years ago, well, it's probably been more than that now, um, I spent probably, oh, the better part of an hour, I think, just sitting there watching a guy make 
a bamboo fly rod and, 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 you know, crafting each, you know, he had, you know, all the, the raw materials and the bamboo and everything fascinating to watch, especially, and it's not just like you're, you're making, you know, a specific, you know, a, a, like a, for example, like a dowel that's, you know, a quarter of an inch round and the exact same thing for six, eight feet. No, this is, it was tapered. Uh, he had a, a huge, massive, uh, uh, jig that he used that he put the bamboo strips in and uh, planed them down by hand to uh, to and, and tapered them it was really it was really kind of interesting to watch and i mean it just is it's and, and it's any wonder if you've ever uh, look it up on the internet sometimes on on what the price is of a bamboo rod of a new bamboo rod i if if it's under a couple two three thousand dollars i'd be amazed um you know and you know, obviously the antique ones as well. But I, I mean, it's just uh, it's it's really interesting to to watch them being made, and uh, definitely understand that you know there's a lot of work that that goes into that back then. You know, they're not mass produced is not <laughs> what you think of when you think of bamboo rods. Uh, anyway, we got to jump to the the 20th century here. Uh, Tonkin Cade flies fly rods were uh, um, beginning to become expensive, as I've kind of just talked about here. Um, you know, certainly, you know, people started looking around and seeing if they could find different materials for uh, for rods. Uh, in 1913, the Horton Manufacturing Company introduced the all-steel rod. Oh, you know, not steelhead rod, but just a steel rod. You know, think of like a leaf spring for a car made into a fishing rod. A lot narrower, of course, but I, it, it just, it, I have some at home in I cannot imagine using those fishing. I just can't. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's wild. Uh, but the rods anyway back then were, were heavy and uh, a little flexible. Didn't really go over all that well. Um, and then sort of the next step in technology anyway was uh, in, the, uh, in the 40s, and uh, that was the development of the fiberglass rod, which, again, is still around uh, today. Uh, you know, and, and with that, I, you know, as we got into the thirties and forties and all this new technology and things like that, things kind of started taking off here. Then, then, you know, in the seventies, uh, sixties, you know, it's kind of that high tech, the, the, the moon landing time when technology sort of took off here, boron and, and graphite rods came around back then. Um, and then, uh, um, it was, you know, a great time for technology. In 1971, a guy by the name of Don Phillips began experimenting in his basement with the uh, the new fibers to design some sort of fishing rod. Um, he was uh, among the the first to come up with a way to lay these fibers into the shape of a fishing rod uh, by wrapping them around a piece of balsa wood. Um, by 1977, boron fiber technology had been muscled out by the the cheaper material of graphite. Uh, and was no longer competitive in the market. I don't even, I don't even know if you can buy those anymore. I suppose antiques or whatever. But, um, but of course, in a name you'll recognize here. In 1973, the Fenwick Company uh, came out with the uh, the first graphite rod, or uh, uh, the HMG, or the High Modulus Graphite. Um, so, the, the, and of course, we uh, we all know about graphite rods today, and and a lot of us have them. 
Um, but right now, today, you know, that's kind of what uh, really is is out there. There aren't a ton of choice. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different styles of rods, but uh, in terms of materials anyway, uh, there's really pretty much the the, th- the three kinds today, graphite, fiberglass, and, and bamboo. Certainly, uh, bamboo rods are the heaviest of the three, and uh, certainly the most expensive. But, you know, a lot of folks still use them uh, for uh, the feel. Uh, you know, they, the, the sensitivity is, is, is a huge issue. And, and, uh, I've, I've you know, practiced anyway with a, uh, with a bamboo rod and yeah, there is a, a little bit of sensitivity that said, um, you know, fiberglass rods are the, the heaviest of course of, uh, you know, but they're also the least expensive and real popular. And, you know, the nice thing is that they're, virtually indestructible um especially when you got kids so but of course uh, you know the 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 most popular ones uh, by far anyway are are graphite for its uh uh, lightweight characteristics and its ability to allow further uh for further and more accurate casting so that's uh you know there's a lot of choices out there if I had, if money wasn't an issue, I I would definitely have some bamboo fly rods. I mean, they're just uh, um, fun. But by the same token, I've I've tried some uh, very expensive, you know, uh, like thousand dollar fly rods uh, that uh, uh, felt like I didn't have, you know, it was just I had nothing in my hand there. I'm 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 casting a nine foot fly rod that. Feels like I'm, you know, I'm waving a pencil in the air, you know. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible the technology some days. But I think maybe I'll stick to the fiberglass ones because <laughs> I like that indestructible part. Not that you know, I haven't uh, uh, tested that theory a couple of times, uh, but haven't we all? So that's that's why they still keep making them. Anyhow, uh, it is. Uh, it's kind of just a look at, at, at fishing here, the history of it. I like to step back once in a while and, and step off the water and, and take a look back at things. And, uh, that's just, that's just kind of fun. I think it's, it's pretty cool to, to look at some of that technology. And like I said, boy, you know, it, it's, um, when, uh, um, when my dad passed away, uh, and, and my mom moved out of their, their house, um, he had some stuff buried away that I didn't even know about. And these were like old fishing rods from uh, back in the day, back from from like his mother and and his side of the family. So you know, old his old aunts and uncles and things like that had all these old fishing rods, and you know, some of them you could kind of see some of the progression there. You know, some of the least older ones anyway were uh, you know the fiberglass and things like that, and. But there are some of those that, I mean, it is. It's just. It's like a. It's it's like a strip of metal that they welded on. You know the the eyes. You know, <laughs> uh, and, and it just. I you know I when I first picked them up, you know, I'm kind of flipping them around, trying to. You know, it's like, how in the world did you even catch anything with these things? I mean, it just. You know, unless maybe you're going for large fish, I, I don't know how you would even, you know, you certainly, I, you know, they're probably, oh, maybe 
an eighth, you know, maybe a little wider than an eighth, maybe maybe like a quarter of an inch wide, um, you know, in a five 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 and a half six foot rod. I mean, it's I, you know, I can't imagine trying to cast something like that on a, a consistent basis. That would be, oh man, your arm would get a workout anyway. You'd be nice and strong, but I can't imagine flipping one of those uh, those all metal rods. That would that would be. Uh, that would be something, you know. But I guess that's just I'm I'm thankful. Tech I, I live at a time where the technology has uh, has improved things immeasurably. So, anyhow, it is eight fifty one. Take a short break. Back in a moment with more of WKTY Outdoors on WKTY ninety six seven FM five eighty AM. Brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait and Toa and by Ace of Lacrosse Sportsland in the Shelby Mall on the south side of Lacrosse. WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait in Toma. He'll tell you where the fish are biting. Just go in and ask. 